Hello, reading through the Bible together listeners. This is Blake. And before we jump into today's reading, I just want to let you know that uh, the content uh, today has some adult themes. And if you're listening to a child, listening with a child, sometimes you might feel like you're listening to a child uh, when I go off on my ADHD tangents. But if you're listening with a child, you might want to take uh, some notice uh, that there will indeed be some uh, adult themes uh, that uh, you might not want your kiddo to listen to. So I'm going to pray uh, before the reading briefly just to give you some time to make that decision yourself. If you need to pause me and look up the Bible chapter yourself and make the decision, you are obviously more than welcome to do that. So let me pray and then we will start with Second Samuel chapter 13 in today's reading out of the New Living Translation's One Year Bible Plan. Father, uh, as we read a hard text today, just pray that you would give us wisdom for how we discern it, and uh, Lord, ultimately, that we would turn to you and realize that in all of this brokenness and mess of a world, uh, there's something in us that yearns for good news, and ultimately, that good news is found only in Christ Jesus. So let us turn to him. It is in your name we pray. Amen. And now let's jump in. 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. Now, David's son, Absalom, had a beautiful sister named Tamar, and Amnon, her half-brother, fell desperately in love with her. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar that he became ill. She was a virgin, and Amnon thought he could never have her. But Amnon had a very crafty friend, his cousin Jonadab. He was the son of David's brother, Shema. One day, Jonadab said to Amnon, What's the trouble? Why should the son of a king look so dejected, morning after morning? So Amnon told him, I am in love with Tamar and my brothers, my brother Absalom's sister. Well, Jonadab said, I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed and pretend you are ill. When your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Tell him you'll feel better if she prepares it as you watch and feeds you with her own hands. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. And when the king came to see him, Amnon asked him, please let my sister Tamar come and Cook my favorite dish as I watch, then I can eat it from her own hands. So David agreed and sent Tamar to Amnon's house to prepare him some food. When Tamar arrived at Amnon's house, she went to the place where he was lying down so he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked his favorite dish for him. But when she set the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone get out of here, Amnon told his servants, so they all left. Then he said to Tamar, Now bring the food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him. But as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, Come to bed with me, my darling sister. No, my brother, she cried. Don't be foolish. Don't do this to me. Such wicked things aren't done in Israel. Where could I go in my shame? And you would be called one of the greatest fools in Israel. Please just speak to the king about it, and he will let you marry me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her, and since he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Then suddenly Amnon's love turned to hate, and he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, no, Tamar cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you've already done to me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servants and demanded, throw this woman out and lock the door behind her. So the servant put her out and locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long, beautiful robe, as was the custom in those days for the king's virgin daughters. But now Tamar tore her robe and put ashes on her head. 
And then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. Her brother Absalom saw her and asked, Is it true that Amnon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now, since he is your brother. Don't you worry about it. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother brother Absalom's house. When King David heard what had happened, he was very angry. And though Absalom never spoke to Amnon about this, he hated Amnon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. Two years later, when Absalom's sheep were being sheared at Baal Hazior near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons to come to a feast. He went to the king and said, My sheep shears are now at work. Would the king and his servants please come to celebrate the occasion with me? The king replied, No, my son, if we all came, we would be too much of a burden on you. Absalom pressured him, but the king would not come, though he gave Absalom his blessing. Well then, Absalom said, If you can't come, how about sending my brother Amnon with us? Why Amnon? the king asked. But Absalom kept on pressing the king until, finally, he agreed to let all his sons attend, including Amnon. So Absalom prepared a feast fit for a king. Absalom told his men, Wait until Amnon gets drunk, and then at my signal kill him. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who has given the command. Take courage and do it. So at Absalom's signal, they murdered Amnon. Then the other sons of the king jumped on their mules and fled. As they were on their way back to Jerusalem, this report reached David. Absalom has killed all the king's sons. Not one is left alive. The king got up and tore his robe and threw himself on the ground. His advisors also tore their clothes in horror and in sorrow. But just then, Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shema, arrived and said, No, don't believe that all the king's sons have been killed. It was only Amnon. Absalom has been plotting this ever since Amnon raped his sister Tamar. No, my lord the king, your sons aren't all dead. It was only Amnon. Meanwhile, Absalom escaped. Then the watchman on the Jerusalem wall saw a great crowd coming down the hill on the road from the west. He ran to tell the king, I see a crowd of people coming from the Harmon Road along the side of the hill. Look, Jonadab told the king, there they are now. The king's sons are coming, just as I said. They soon arrived, weeping and sobbing, and the king and all his servants wept bitterly with them. And David mourned many days for his son Amnon. Absalom fled to his grandfather, Talimar, son of Amminadab, the king of Geshur. He stayed there in Geshur for three years, and King David, now reconciled to Amnon's death, longed to be reunited with his son Absalom. That concludes the Old Testament reading today. And we continue to see the effects of sin. And um, if you remember when we read about David and Bathsheba, I told you that after that sin, really you can kind of see a downward trajectory in David's life is kind of all up and to the right, and now you get stories like this where it's just, it's wicked. Now we cry out, we need a Savior. Um, and this is why Jesus did what David couldn't do. He's the greater David. Sad story of the effects of sin. Moving on to the New Testament, our New Testament reading today is John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now that they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, 
and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I was protected. I always protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one of them was lost, except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I gave myself as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love me as much as you love me. Excuse me. Jesus said that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Verse 24. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. And that concludes our New Testament reading. There's a lot packed into that one chapter. I encourage you to go back and and read it uh, if you have some time today. Um, And and it's cool because Jesus uh, is praying for you if you are a believer in Christ. He says, "I, I pray this not just for my disciples now, but for the ones to come. Well, If you believe in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, then that means you. It's pretty interesting to see what Jesus prays for us. What Jesus doesn't pray for us, because I think it might surprise some of you. And maybe it did as I was reading. Anyways, moving on to our Proverbs of the day. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. And finally, we will continue praying through Psalm 119. I'm going to read it in a posture of prayer, and I would encourage you to listen in a posture of prayer. Uh, By that, I mean you can take the words of the psalmist and and pray them as if they were your prayer, or pause me as you feel led and have a conversation with God and pray uh, as whatever comes up into your mind um, is there, and uh, just pray. Have a conversation with God. When you run out of things to pray, read or listen to the next verse and keep the pattern going. All right, let's jump in. Calf. Now, as a reminder, Psalm 119 is based on the Hebrew alphabet. So when I say weird words like that, I'm reading an alphabet uh, letter, uh, and then it has a section of scripture under it. So this one is K-A-P-H, Kaf. Verse 81. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? 
I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you perish those who persecuted me? These ignorant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finished me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments. And your unfailing love spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. Your regulations remain true to this day, for everything serves your plans. If your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. I am yours. Rescue me. For I have worked hard at obeying your commandments, though the wicked hide along the way to kill me. I will quietly keep my mind on your laws, even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Yes, Lord, your commands do have no limits, and Lord, we also know that we cannot live up to your commands perfectly. We are destined um, to not be righteous people, but wicked people. Not that there's not good in us, but ultimately you require us to be perfect as you are perfect, and all of us fall short of that. Uh, Lord, but the good news is that Jesus Christ came and lived the perfect life we couldn't live, and then he died the death we deserve to die, so that all who trust in him might share in his resurrection. Uh, Lord, that he proved he was who he said he was on that third day when he rose again, new creation bursting forth, promising that those who trust in him would be made brand new. Lord, thank you for that, and thank you for the Holy Spirit that is indwell in us that helps us to to read this book um, that is not like any other book with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. I pray that today we heard and we saw what you had for us. And uh, Lord, I pray maybe for the first time somebody has trusted in you and become a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom. And Lord, we await the future day in which Jesus, you return not as a suffering servant, but as a glorious king and you make all things right, including us and the world around us. It is in your name we pray, amen. Well, thank you for joining me for um, this very interesting and, and quite sad reading today. Um, but it reminds us of who? It reminds us of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who's coming to make all things right. So trust in that, my friends, and let me know uh, what your thoughts are on today's reading. I'd really love to hear them, because this is not just about me reading the Bible. This is about us reading through the Bible together. <laughs>